I'm Keisha Sheehan. I'm here to share real birth stories from real women within the hockey community and beyond. There is power and comfort in knowledge, and the women I get to speak with have so much to share. This is Delivered. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine. I can't believe we are this far along in this project, but I honestly love hearing all these stories and they just keep coming. So I'm going to keep telling them. Today, I get to speak with Devin Dodero. She is a, I hate to call people hockey wives, but her husband plays hockey and therefore she is a nomadic spirit. She has been all over the world, um, literally, and has given birth in two different countries and they're in a new country again this year. So she's a very adaptable person and a very fun person to talk to. She hosts her own podcast called Breaking the Ice podcast and which is geared towards specifically just bringing women together who are in the hockey world, who are going through, you know, free agency, trades, the ups and downs that come with this sport and living within it. So she does a wonderful job with that. And she was a wonderful guest to have. And I'm so grateful for all that she shared. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. Okay, we are back today with Devin Dodero. She is going to share. Did I pronounce your last name right? First of all, I feel you did. I need to clarify. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I get a get minorly upset when people don't pronounce Keisha right, so I always try to clarify. <laughs> um, and she has given birth in Europe twice, and I think she has a lot to share. Um, to anybody who, you know, <laughs> is going to take on giving birth in a country that is not their homeland. Um, and even like within the hockey world too, we've talked about in prior episodes, even if it's not your home state, not your comfort zone, it's so different. So I'm excited to hear her stories. She's actually going to share a little bit about both her of her children because they're different and they're worth telling. So Devin, welcome. We're happy to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and just connect with you again. And I feel I was thinking I'm like, who doesn't like talking about their own birth? Like, it's just fun to like go over it and talk about those details. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like when so much happens too, like, it's kind of healing to talk about it, especially if it didn't go as planned or, Mm -hmm. you know, all of all of that kind of thing. So I guess I'll start back from like the very beginning before I even got pregnant. Okay. So yeah, so he was a 2020 baby and we wound up. Yeah. So the week that we were, we conceived him, we didn't know. And we flew home because COVID, you know, ended our season abruptly and we had to get Mm -hmm. home and we were, you know, we had no idea what was to come the next few months. Like we knew we had this contract in place. We knew that we had that security, but had no idea like the effects that would have on giving birth in a foreign country essentially (laughs) yeah and so it was kind of nerve-wracking because I kept hearing little bits and pieces and I know this even happened in the U.S. too um with some men not being allowed in the delivery room and I'm thinking oh my god if that's happening in the U.S. you know how Europe is like it's just a completely different like just situation over there I'm like that's gonna happen over there So I started getting really anxious because I just didn't know how this was all going to play out. And like we were talking about before the call, like giving birth alone or just giving birth 
in your home country in a normal circumstance is stressful and overwhelming for the first Mm -hmm. time. And then you add on all of these other barriers, so to speak. So like the language barrier, COVID, can my husband be in the delivery room? Can, you know, I have an epidural, like, am I going to have a doctor on call that speaks English? Like it was just so much going on. And it was a lot. And I think when I first got there, this is actually something I really want to touch on is making sure that you find a provider that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times in this hockey world, like I'm a big fan of referrals. Like I always like to ask people like, where do you go to the gynecologist? Where do you go to the dermatologist? Like I like to go places that girls on the team have gone to. And a couple um, girls on the team went to this particular OB And um, I went to her twice and I actually left both times in tears, frustrated, confused, not having any clarity on the situation. And I was like, why, why do they like this girl? And I don't like what's wrong with me. Is this how it's supposed to be? But then my husband was kind of like, if you don't like her, like, let's find someone else because you need to be comfortable in this situation. And I'm so glad I did because I wound up having a really great midwife and a really great doctor who both spoke like perfect English, made me feel so comfortable. I did not feel like rushed out of the appointments um, and all of that stuff. So um, yeah, with Crosby, I it was the day before Thanksgiving and um, I my water had actually been leaking for several days. Oh, and what was that yeah. like? Did Were you like... Did you know it was, I mean, <laughs> fluids <laughs> during yeah. pregnancy and during, like, <laughs> they're questionable. So did you have right. any idea or were you just like, this is something that's happening and I feel okay? Yeah. So I actually had like an appointment a week prior okay. and it, it that night when I was sleeping, I felt like I peed my pants a little bit. Like it wasn't like a pop. Just it was a just like, I, yeah, I just, it was just a little bit of food. And I was like, that yeah. was weird. And then ever since then, it was just like, it wasn't trick. I just felt like, you know, down there, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, it feels like a lot. And like every time I would wipe and I don't mind talking about this. Cause like, yeah. it's good to know. Yeah. Um, There's so many ways I- that birth birth starts. So I think the more ways we can hear, the better prepared we can be because there's a plethora of signs and things that happen. So do tell. Yes. So it was just like every time I wiped, it was like just thin, clear, like almost like jelly, like discharge. And so Mm -hmm. I would tell, you know, the, the midwives and the doc, I'm like, Hey, like, is this normal? Like, it's a lot. Like, no, yeah, that's normal for like, you know, the, the discharge to pick up towards the end of your pregnancy, which I knew, but it was a lot, like it was starting to kind of concern me. And Mm -hmm. I do have a tendency to (laughs) go to Google and spiral a little bit. So I was like doing that a little bit, but I was like, I don't want to, you know, stress myself out. And, um, yeah, especially the first time you're like, I don't, right you're just like waiting for whatever to happen and you don't know what that is. And so every little thing that's like a little bit off, you're like, ah, like, (laughs) what is this? So I can imagine you were Googling, like I would be too. So. 
Totally. And I think it's hard too, because you like want to trust, like for me, I, mm -hmm. I do have health anxiety. And so I do struggle with like trusting providers sometimes of like, do I need mm -hmm. to advocate for myself? Or like, do I need right. to listen? And this was actually a situation where I needed to advocate for myself. And I got to the point where I was like, Charlie, I cannot sleep. I am so stressed out about this. Like, I just want to go in and have them test me because I just need to know because mm -hmm. when I started reading about like, if, if this is happening and you like, it can, you can get an infection and it can actually cause like major issues with your baby. Like they can have, um, you know, like cerebral palsy, like things like that. And so mm -hmm. that's when I was, I need to know for sure. Um, so I went in and they tested me and she was like, oh, it's positive. Like your water is leaking. And I was like, <laughs> oh. Okay, so if I let this go for another week, because he wasn't due for another week, I was yeah. like, something really bad could have happened when it didn't need to. And that's something really frustrating. I feel like sometimes they're, you know, it's better for providers to just like do it to be sure than just like, oh, yeah. everything's fine. This is normal. Um, and I think I just want to pause you there because I think you talking about advocating for yourself is just like, really key because especially in pregnancy because you're the only one that can feel what's happening and I do believe in like just trusting your your gut and you yeah it might be annoying if you're going in and asking for tests all the time but if that's what you need to do to feel secure and like things are like you're being taken care of then do it because in your case I mean it it could have saved your baby's life it could have you know altered your entire family's trajectory and I think that there's there's a difficulty in <laughs> asking for help in general and I think within this particular life experience of pregnancy like you have to you have to find the the bravery or whatever you want to call it to just ask for what you need so I applaud you for that thank you yeah I, th I think it's super important and again, like most of the time it's probably like, you know, just questions that you have in general and there's nothing yeah. going on. But I think the closer you get to birth, if you're noticing things that just are different or seem a little odd, like it's better to be safe than sorry. And um, yeah, from that point, they, they induced me and gave me um, antibiotics on the spot because it just to, you know, make sure there was no infection or anything. Um, and funny note, but on this point, my husband has a turkey in the front seat of the car. He volunteered <laughs> to cook the turkey when I was literally due to leave. I'm like, that's not the best thing to take on when your wife is literally due with the baby. Oh. But yeah, and so yet, had to it sounds yeah. on par. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, okay. Um. So yeah, so he had to go home, you know, grab my stuff because I was kind of anticipating like, I'm going to get to the hospital and they're going to tell me like, you know, like we told you, it's, it's just normal discharge, but mm -hmm. I was admitted. And yeah, from the point that I was induced to having my son, it was five hours. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's another so thing is everybody always tells you your first is going to be 10 days late and your husband's going to be there. He's not going to be on the road. And I'm like, it's not always like that. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. even know. <laughs> yeah. Were you induced with yours? I wasn't. Son? I wasn't. Okay. But we we had talked about it because, it, like, in another episode, we talked about how that's such a common thing in the hockey world because it's it's something you and your partner can 
choose and decide and like kind of plan around. And so we had that discussion. Yes, but I ended up not because of other yeah. things, but this is your story, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, I mean, so I had to be induced because of, you know, the situation. Mm-hmm. So essentially I think when your water's leaking, it's almost like there's like a little tiny, like, like pinhole essentially in mm-hmm. like your water back. So right after I was induced within like 15 minutes, my entire water broke. Like I felt like a huge mm-hmm. pop. I was at the hospital. Like I still had my leggings on. I was like, um, <laughs> like my husband wasn't even there yet. I'm like, get yeah. here now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it escalated super fast. I felt like period cramps, like nothing I couldn't handle. And then it started getting a little more intense. But again, I was just like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And she checked me and she was like, okay, you're at a seven. Like, this is great. Like, I'm going to have the the anesthesiologist come in and, you know, give you the epidural because that's what I wanted. That was like my one thing that I mm-hmm. made very clear from the beginning was like, I want an epidural. I've heard stories of people not getting this over here when they wanted one. That is like a non-negotiable for me. This needs to happen on time. Yeah. Like, yeah, no problem. So she's like, he's coming (laughs) soon. I'm like, okay, great. And my husband's here at this point, like all is good. But then like literally within 20 minutes, I dilated to a 10, like within 20 minutes and he wasn't there, but I didn't know I was at a 10, but at this point I'm really uncomfortable, like very uncomfortable. And I started like kind of panicking because I'm like, this guy needs to come now because something is happening. And I'm like, this is not, this is not good. Like he needs to come right now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, like he'll be here soon. And um, yeah, she checked me. She was like, yeah, she just looked at me and was like, you're at a 10. She's like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Baby's coming right now. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, Uh, I need like some mask or like something to, you know, help with this pain. Like I can't, I'm not doing this. Like he needs to come right now. And she was like, oh no, like it's too late. And then I was just, I felt this like immense rage, honestly, because I was like, that is the one thing that I asked for. And I was like, I'm someone that like, I didn't go into it with this big birth plan because I feel like I need, I I would do whatever to, you know, have my baby be healthy. Like if I needed to have a C-section in the middle, like I was fine with that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to go in with this pressure to, you know, have something Mm -hmm. the exact way I wanted it to be. Like, I felt like I kind of went in with an open mind and that was just my one thing was like, I want an epidural. And so like when that happened, I was just so livid and furious because I had asked for that, like a long time prior. Um, and he actually came in the first time and he tried to give it to me, but it like, didn't work. I felt everything like, so he gave it to me and it didn't work. And I have this theory because I've heard and not to like freak anyone out, but I, I have talked to at least five women who've given birth overseas who have had the exact same situation happen as me. And Ah. so looking back now, as I've processed everything, it kind of just made me be like, was that kind of intentional to like stall this? Like, not that like, but they're very over there. They're like, this is like what our bodies are made to do. Where I think here are a lot more like normalized, like almost everybody gets Mm -hmm. everybody, but you know, it's like offered. It's like openly offered throughout birth like multiple times probably exactly and yeah that's interesting 
Yeah. I feel like here, if you ask for one, it's not even a question. Like they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, like be right there. So, um, yeah, that was very like traumatic for me because like, I've never broken a bone. Like I've never had any sort of pain like that. And just to feel all of that, like I felt very like duped by them. Like I was like, this is like such crap. Like I I was so mad. Like I was screaming stuff because I was in so much pain. I was just like, (laughs) like, I don't want to see his face. Like (laughs) everyone, like this is a joke. Like I was so upset. And uh, just a disclaimer, nobody can hold you accountable for anything you say when you are 10 centimeters dilated (laughs) and about to birth a human. Okay. So (laughs) exactly. Like even after he was born, I'm like, I'm so sorry, guys. Like I just like, was it? And they're like, you literally just gave a birth on, gave birth on medicated. Like, it's okay. (laughs) You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. (laughs) But I was like, oh my gosh. Katherine Heigl like and knocked up like that was me (laughs) (laughs) that was my situation so um towards so I pushed for two hours so that was like oh okay yeah and I don't know did did you have an epidural with I didn't okay so you know what that feels like and to me it just it feels which I didn't really know what contractions feel like that was like one of my constant google searches was like yeah what do contractions feel like and everybody just says y'all know yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like you'll know when you get to a certain point, but for me, I was like, it just felt like mild discomfort until it was not anymore, you know? Right. It uh, escalates very quickly. Like that transition to what they call like active labor is basically when you're past, I don't know, like seven or eight centimeters and water breaks, like shit gets real. It yeah, you'll know, but it's indescribable. Like, I don't know if, like, can you put it into words? Cause I certainly cannot. It's just like, again, not to freak anyone out. It's just like, unlike any other feeling really. I mean, it's funny. Cause when I think about it, I feel like I can almost, my body can almost remember <laughs> it. Like as I think about it, mm-hmm. but to me, it's almost like a roller coaster. Like it, it just like gets really, 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 really intense. And then it's like, then it drops down and then you have like yeah. maybe Waves. 20 seconds of relief. And then like, I would, I remember I would be like, Oh no, 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 no. Cause I would start to feel it like build back up again. Coming back up. And then like, ah, oh, you know, just like, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, no, it's happening again. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Oh no. I, I mean, know. I know how you feel. I can laugh oh, at it now, yeah. but when you're going through it, it's like, I was making noises. I didn't even know I could make, like, it was yeah. just bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got to a point where I was just getting really discouraged because he like wasn't coming out. Like he was right there, mm-hmm. but it was just like, you know, I was like, I need a C-section, mm-hmm. like get me a C-section. Like I can't do this. I was like so defeated. Um, and he ultimately wound up getting vacuumed um, okay. out of the end. and he was totally healthy. He did have jaundice. Um, so that was like the only thing, but um, yeah, he, it was like, after that, you just feel like when they're actually coming out, it actually feels really nice like because you just yeah, it's relief. a wave of relief yeah relief. and it's like a I mean since you didn't have an epidural you felt like a <laughs> little slippy slidey yes. exit and it's crazy because it's like their little head their little big heads are the thing that's causing all the trouble and then as soon as that comes out it's like 
whoosh and then yeah and then you're like oh I'm I'm done like yeah. and you still have to birth the placenta yada yada but that compared to baby is normally not a big deal but yeah it's a crazy feeling when that I, <laughs> I remember and that's something I actually didn't know that I had to birth the placenta or I just mm. forgot like I was so lost yeah in that, that I was like and then they said oh yeah you need to birth the placenta now I'm like oh my god is that gonna hurt and they're like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's okay and it and honestly just like plopped out like I didn't feel yeah so, you just have to push like you just have to do the action of pushing to like get it out it's not like giving second birth or anything yeah. like that <laughs> don't be afraid <laughs> yeah no it was like super that part was great um yeah and I had stitches like third degree like I had to get a bunch of stitches so I was like in a lot of pain yeah, down for... I was gonna I was gonna ask how the vacuum situation um worked and kind of what you remember about that because I don't think I've actually had a guest who's had the vacuum. Um, one was close, but um, just kind of like what I imagine it can cause a little more damage um, to your body because it's literally doing something that's pulling <laughs> pulling the baby out in a very rapid way. Um, so what can you, what are you willing to share on the vacuum yeah. situation? Um, so it was pretty quick. Like when they did that mm -hmm. this was when they were like hey the, the mom's like in distress because like I she can't we need to get mm -hmm. this baby out because she's starting to like have a panic attack um and yeah. so it was quick like in Europe um the midwives actually deliver the babies and the doctors are only needed if there needs to be like in, some sort of um interception with that like so procedure if, or mm -hmm. exactly so the doctor who I was comfortable with came in um, I did have to get an episiotomy to like have enough room to like get the okay. vacuum mm -hmm. and pull him out. Um, but it was like pretty seamless. I, Charlie said like he had a huge like dome head for a second. I didn't see that. Um, but it went away like mm -hmm. immediately, like it didn't last long. Yeah. Um, I think he's like, when he first saw it, you know, he's like, oh my God, you know, like what? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. Going on <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, at that point, I was just so ready to like get him out. Like it had gone on long enough that I was, yeah. it didn't hurt. Um, the only thing that was hard is that I felt like I still had that urge to push and they were like, no, like do not push. Yeah. It was like, oh, really hard for me. Cause they're like, hold on. Like we're getting it situated. And I'm like, I need to like, ah, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I imagine it's hard to fight that urge because it's just like, it's your body. It's not your, it's not you being like, I'm going to push. It's your body's like, get this thing out. Like yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's, it's, you can't fight it. it that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but to have to have to kind of hold that back is probably a whole different skill set that you're not taught beforehand. So, oh. wow. Yeah. 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 So ultimately you guys were fi both fine though. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So it it went, it went well, um, standard over there is you stay in the hospital for five days, um, in Europe, yeah. whether you have a totally mm -hmm. non complicated pregnancy or not. Um, but yeah, I feel like moral of the story for me is just finding someone that you're comfortable with that, like, doesn't make you feel rushed that listens mm -hmm. to your questions that, you know, is supportive, supporting you. Because I feel like a lot of people over there, like they don't necessarily understand that, like, yes, I'm giving birth, but this isn't also not my home country and something mm -hmm. that, like my midwife 
really made me feel comfortable, like, and really validated that for me. Like, she's like, you're not from here. You don't speak this language. Like I am here for you. I am happy to help you. You can message me anytime. And just knowing that she was going to be there, like made such a huge, like, it just took such a weight off of like all those additional questions. Yeah. Um, and I will mention too, postpartum with the nurses too, like they don't all speak English. And with my first, I didn't even think to use Google translate, which I highly recommend <laughs> because I was very yeah. frustrated with the, I couldn't communicate. And I was like, why didn't I not do that? Like now many years in Europe, I'm like, that would have made yeah. things a lot easier for me. So, yeah. Well, you also just had a baby, uh, unmedicated and <laughs> we're yeah. just in that, in that, uh, first time bliss. So it's okay that you didn't use translate, but ladies, if you're going <laughs> over there, yeah. just pull it up, <laughs> pull it up right. on your own. Yeah, exactly. So that, that story is a little bit longer, but with my daughter, that was essentially like a shorter story just because she mm -hmm. wound up flipping breach at 30 weeks and okay. leading up to that, I was kind of, they were like, do you want us to like, try to flip her? And I think for me, in terms of what you were saying, how some women like to get induced so that they know their husband can be there, which I'm totally mm -hmm. on board with. Like, that's something I would do because that's really scary to, especially yeah. the first time, like once you do it yes. once, I don't know if you feel this way, but like, once you do it once, like, obviously you want your husband there. Like, that's not a right. question, but you're like, I can do this again if I need. Mm -hmm. It's like that first the confidence. Time. Yeah. Yeah. You have the confidence is there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had that discussion with another, with another woman. And it was just like the second time you're like, I think, you know, it would be great if you're here because I don't want you to miss out on this experience. And right. I obviously, I love you. I want you there, but the stakes just don't feel as high as like, you need to be here or I'm going to explode. Like, cause you yeah. know, you can do it. And I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, should we, you know, flipper? Like, and I was kind of like, I had the mindset of, I feel like she's this way for a reason. Like they're like, mm -hmm. that's just odd to me that she flipped so late. And I, you know, you can't sometimes hear they do that if there's a cord wrapped around their neck or something. So I was like, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna, if she flips on her own, great. Otherwise, let's just schedule a C-section. That way we can kind of do it on our own terms. I know he can be there. Um, and I wasn't really afraid to do a C-section either, just because mm -hmm. you know, they do that all the time. And there was nothing that concerned me um, really to do it. I wish I did a little bit more research about C-sections prior, just because I feel like I was like, oh yeah, I'll do a C-section, no worries. But there, I mean, a lot of things change, like after you do a C-section, I feel like, um, you know, you have a scar, like you can feel really like, like lumpy scar tissue down there. Like mm -hmm. those are all those things that like, I didn't really know about. Um, and not to mention like you are in pain for yeah, it's a, a couple weeks. It's a surgery. It's a major surgery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was pretty, that was a pretty good experience. Like the actual C-section part. I just it was really important to me to have people in the room that spoke English and only spoke yeah. to me English. So I didn't get, you know, flustered and, um, yeah, but, uh, I, after she was born, she was having some trouble breathing on her own. So they did have to take her off, but I thought it was really cool because they gave me a little camera and while they were stitching me back up, um, I was watching her 
and my husband went back yeah. with her. So I was able to see what was going on instead of them just yeah. like abruptly, you know, taking her away. And I'm like, what's going on? You're like, like, where is she? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause you can't, you, you at that point don't really have any like ownership over your body at that point, because were you, you were awake then obviously for your C-section just numb yeah. or like, yeah. Okay. Cause that's something too. I've been like taking a poll of my C-section guests and like, were you asleep or were you awake? Because it's just, there's so many different ways that they can do that procedure and depending on how emergent or plan, you know, depending on the scenario. And I think that's another element that some women might not be aware of if it's your first or just like, you just don't know a lot about it is that, yeah, you can be awake and or you cannot, and then you don't meet your baby for a while after. So there's just a variety of experiences with C-section. So I'm glad that yours went, sounds like pretty smoothly. I mean, yeah. to, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's too, after just doing some research on like how many, how many, cause they were like, we can try to deliver her breach and I'm like oh my god like mm-hmm. hell no I'm not doing this Ouch. in a foreign country like maybe yeah. I would try if I was home and like mm-hmm. you know I was more comfortable but I'm like I'm yeah. not gonna be attempting that here um because I think there's some statistic like ugh, don't quote me but 60 percent of you know babies that are tried to be born vaginally breach actually wind up in emergency c-section Mm-hmm. And going back to like what you said, I really feel for women that like have to get emergency C-sections because they had to experience like both, mm-hmm. both sides, <laughs> like, trying to push a baby out, but then having to be rushed into a C-section. So it's like, you're yeah. probably in a ton of physical additional pain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Having to be potentially like put under, I had a friend that yeah. that happened to, and it was really hard for her because she woke up and her baby was born and she's like what happened like you know that's it's really it's it's hard and I think it's just not having a birth plan is like the best thing to do I think when first time moms are like yeah my birth plan I'm just like oh so sweet and innocent (laughs) you know because it it never (laughs) goes to plan yeah yeah. and if you have like something loose that you want it's like you never know what's going to happen yeah yeah it's uh, I think we've said that before like you can have a plan but no expectations meaning don't expect it to go according to plan like I think it depends on your personality too like some people are just huge planners and they want to try to plan out every detail and if that calms you in your journey towards birth then by all means create your dream birth plan but but (laughs) (laughs) like especially if you're in a situation like you found yourself in where you're in a brand new place language barriers question marks about your you know husband your one support person in that country at the moment being there I think it's just also a really incredibly important exercise to practice like letting go of of your plans and just like I I forget who said it but one of my guests was also saying that like the baby has a say too so you can have your plans 
but ultimately it's a it's a two person <laughs> it's a two person party when it's time to actually give birth so yeah. i think that's a helpful way to look at it is like okay so things aren't going according to my plan but my baby is executing their version of the birth plan mm-hmm. and it's just like an easier way to digest that things aren't you know following totally. that straight line <laughs> yeah and i think what i mean is like yeah just don't become married to your plan that yeah, is really yeah. devastating for you if it doesn't happen not like cuz i'm totally a planner too like i yeah. loosely have ideas but i think you're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment if mm-hmm. you are so attached to this plan that you don't you're not going to allow anything else to happen right. um i was going to say something else i completely just spaced out um I don't remember maybe it'll come back to me yeah (laughs) yeah I don't know I think yeah it's good to to do research and I think also something like if for example if you're really like anti-epidural and you don't want one like that's something that's that's a great plan to have and it's important to tell like your husband or your provider if you're so in the thick of it that you cannot really advocate that you still, even though you're in so much pain, you would still like mm-hmm. to continue to stick to this. Like that's a different version of like a plan. Cause that's like, that's mm-hmm. a choice that you're making where I feel like if it's out of your hands and they're like, you know, the baby's heart rate's dropping, we got to do a right. like that's different, right. you know? So there's so many like ways to do it, but I think just talking to other women and like like what you're doing is amazing because you're really giving a lot of valuable information to people that they can kind of create their own opinions on how they want things to go. Right. Yeah. Cause I think part, part of like the discussion of birth is just that there's a thousand million <laughs> ways to go about it. And I think if you don't know much about birth, especially, you know, as a first time mom that like most people don't talk about birth for fun <laughs> before it's like <laughs> imminent in their future. Um, and I think there's just like this misconception that it's all kind of the same and it all, like everybody does it. It's all good. It's that may be true, but there's a just so many different ways that it can play out. And also so many different perspectives about how it plays out. So like, for example, you had a really positive C-section that's like not an angle that gets told enough either. Like, I don't think we talk about C-sections enough in general, um, but I feel like the ones that we do talk about or hear about are, you know, the super emergent ones where it's like super intense and scary and those deserve to be heard too. But I also think like C-sections don't have to be scary. Just like vaginal unmedicated birth doesn't have to be scary. It depends on who you are and how you feel about your situation. So yeah, I think the whole, the whole conversation is just to open the doors to more, more experiences and more persons of birth too. Yes, I agree. And this is like a major pet peeve of mine. Well, I don't know. I don't, and you can take this out or put this in. I don't, (laughs) we'll see how it goes. (laughs) But like, I, it really bothers me when people are like, all that matters is that the baby is healthy. Mm. Obviously Mm -hmm. that's like number one. Like, of course, like everybody would like to have a healthy baby, but I feel like sometimes it like diminishes the birth experience that you had. Like if it was traumatic for you or you haven't fully processed it and 
it can be like really hard when people say that because it's just like, well, the baby's healthy and that's all that matters. And your feelings about this don't matter. And I think it's really important to take the time to really process your birth and like talk about it with people Mm -hmm. and like journal about it if that's for you or like, you know, because it is important to go through that. It is a huge life event. There's a lot that happens. You're transformed into a mom taking care of this little child overnight, possibly after going through a lot of stuff with your body. And yeah, I just kind of wish that wasn't like a thing that people said, oh, all that matters is that the baby's healthy. Like it's because it's not matters. Like the mom needs to be healthy too, mentally, physically. And sometimes it takes a while to get there. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And like you said, it's a no brainer. We want a healthy baby at the end of any birth experience, but yeah, I, that's another thing that uh, my most recent guest, Kayla was really emphasizing too, is like postpartum care ladies. Like what can we do to like take, uh, like you said at the beginning of the episode, like advocate for ourselves because we're not given like we're not provided with all the care that you need, truly need. Like, yes, they take care of you. And it sounds like you're pretty well taken care of over there um, with five days at the hospital. Cause that's, that's huge in terms of your transition home with your infant. But yeah, there's just like so much to it that <laughs> the healthy baby is fantastic. But like you said, healthy mom is also it's imperative for then motherhood, you know, cause yes. <laughs> you don't just give birth and that's it. Like then you have to become a mom and lean into all those challenges too. So I agree with you. I completely agree. I think postpartum like is not talked about at all. And if I could go back in time and mm-hmm. change something about how I prepared for having a baby for the first time, like I would have done so much more research and talked to more people mm-hmm. about this. Cause I think you're so fixated on the registry and like setting up the room for the yeah. baby and like setting up for like your stay at the hospital. And it's like postpartum is like, I'm still postpartum. Like I'm still like very much in the yeah. <laughs> postpartum anxiety. Like, and I'm, I've had my baby a year ago. So like it, it needs to be talked about. And I think there needs to be so much more support, um, you know, not yeah. even just checking in. Like, I think some people don't really know how to help, especially if you haven't had a baby before. It's just like, I don't know, like what they need, like dropping off, yeah. meals, walking someone's dog. Maybe they don't want you to clean their house, but like just little things that can kind of take a load off of the mom because it's such a major like life transition that I think there's just so much mm-hmm. that, and you don't even know what you need sometimes. Like, you're just like, I just, I'm overwhelmed and I need help. I need support. And I need to be able to talk to people who just understand and get it. Get so. it. But yeah, the, the gist of what Devin was saying, if it, it's not clear is that like, there's, yeah, there's so many ways to support <laughs> postpartum mom that's not hey can I come see the baby (laughs) because I mean that's something going into my second you know child experience like having a newborn the second time is like obviously you want to share the joy of a fresh 
human with the people you love, but it's also like, that's draining. Preparing or not preparing, but like preparing yourself mentally when you're in that state to have guests or people that maybe want to do things a certain way or say things about how you're operating. It's like, no, if you're going to come see me and the baby, just less is more quick in and short out. and sweet like don't quick, linger yes. like 30 minutes max yes. and like be on yes. the way and yes. yeah I think everyone's different too like some people like to talk mm-hmm. about things to like get their mind off of it but sometimes like I remember just having a couple vis- or you know catching up with a friend and then we're talking about all this other stuff and I'm like I just I just don't have the capacity for this right now yeah. like, I just can't be on the phone for like 45 minutes talking about like other stuff when I just like, had a you <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I love yeah. you. Like, this is yeah. just too much. Um, yeah. and for you going into having your second, I think, um, this is also something that I just think about, but, um, people think that when you have a second, it's like, this is their second. They know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> and it's like, you do like, you feel mm-hmm. like you can implement like routines, sleep, you know, when to feed, you know, like if you breastfeed or bottle feed, like you kind of know, like the timing of that stuff. And so in that aspect, it's a lot more smooth. Um, and, but you're also transitioning to life with a toddler Mm -hmm. who is young. You have a young child as did I, my kids are exactly two years apart. Um, and I felt like I didn't have a ton of like support um, because I just felt like people maybe just expected like that. I knew what I was doing and I did, but at the same time, it's a new baby, you know, yeah. there's a lot of emotions from the toddler with the transition, <laughs> especially if they're like, you know, big mama's boy, mama's girl. Yeah. And, um, yeah. A lot of learning curves and your husband's on the road and yeah, you have a dog or whatever, you know, it's just yeah. like you're thrown into a whole new cycle. And I think that yeah. it's, important to not just say, let me know if you need anything, but really just (laughs) showing up and like, yeah, yeah, dropping off a smoothie, you know, like something that Mm -hmm. can make someone feel like, oh, this is so nice. I just, the last thing I wanted to do was cook after dealing with the tantrum and breastfeeding and that's, (laughs) thank you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think another piece that you like, you talked about like husband being on the road potentially and uh, that's definitely relevant in the hockey world but I think for anybody with a partner going through birth again the second time it's like you have to recalibrate your entire romantic relationship your partner like balancing a new baby the first time is crazy because you're both just like what do we do with our hands like where do we go like Mm -hmm. who does what and then you have another one and the responsibilities just like amp up again and I think that's something that (laughs) there's so many things where it's like we don't talk about this enough I know we don't we don't but like how to manage like your partner relationship amidst all of these things with motherhood as well it's like there's a lot, you guys, it's a lot. And it's not to deter anybody or discourage. It's just to open the line of communication that like, talk to your friends about these things. If you're having a hard time postpartum, let somebody know and 
it doesn't mean they have to fix it or be there or do anything. It's just like, let them know that you're, you know, having a, a difficult week, a difficult day, just so that you have people knowing how you're actually feeling. Cause everyone's like, Oh, baby bliss. But it's like baby bliss and <laughs> X, Y, Z. Right. Like, no, it's no. never just bliss. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about this with my neighbors last night and I'm like, people don't talk about the struggles that happen in your marriage after having a baby. And like, if you're not like, sure, you're not talking about it, but like, if you're saying there is none, like you're lying, like Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's a transition. There's days where you guys are both running on no sleep, which causes tension. Then it's like still having to care for now two kids. (laughs) Delegate Who need you, who need you both. And you, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it does feel like as the mom, which is like our role, it's like, you're taking care of everybody. And sometimes it's like, your husband is also taking care of everybody that sometimes it feels like you, like there's no one to take care of the mom because you guys are both spread just so thin. And I think that's when like, you need to rely on other people. And I think you just, you don't know till you know, like you don't know till you go through it. And it wasn't until I became a mom that I was like, and I think ever like so many people I've heard have said this, like, you don't know how important it is to, to help out new moms until you go through it. Like, yeah. cause I've had close yeah. friends give birth and I would just check in, like, how are you doing? How's the baby? How are you feeling? And then it was just kind of like that every so often, but I didn't really do that next step of like, what can I do to help? But now mm-hmm. when I have a close friend that gives birth, I really try to do what I can to like take a load off of their plate because I have gone through it and I do know, but yeah, like you just don't know how your whole yeah. changes until, and it's not to scare anyone. It's just reality. Like yeah, everything changes in your life and it's great. It's the best thing ever, like being a mom, but it's also yeah. really tiring. And I think it's okay to feel both. Like we don't have to sugarcoat. Yeah. Everything's fine. Newborn bliss because some people don't have easy newborns. Like, yeah. and that's another <laughs> Most thing. People probably don't have no. easy newborns. Like, if one thing's going well, then another thing might be challenging. And yeah, yeah, it's there's no such thing as like the perfect few months after because there's so much change. And the second you figure something out, it's time to learn something new. And right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, there's for some reason that strange pressure to get it all figured out super quick and be like hi Instagram here's me and my mini me in our matching outfit yes. like no <laughs> no that's not yeah. real <laughs> no it's not it's, it's not totally real <laughs> that newborn bliss though I feel like you hear that so much that I think I did put that expectation that it was gonna yeah, be like too. that and my firstborn was a colic baby And so it was three months of crying and I was like going to lose my mind. My second was super easy. Um, Mm -hmm. and that I was able to experience that, but I was like, what's wrong with him? Like, I'm like, (laughs) I I don't know. I'm like so tired. And I like, what do you like? And everyone's like, oh, isn't it the best? I'm like, yes, but he doesn't stop crying, you know? So yeah, I think like, just, it's just funny because everybody has such a different experience and I think, I mean, I don't even know. It's, it's hard when people like, have you seen those reels? That's like when people say the newborn stage is hard. Um, 
which is funny because it's true when you have a toddler, like you, you're like, yeah, oh, <laughs> totally get it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're also like, yeah, but some people have harder newborns. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I've noticed that it's not till like month four that people are, it's starting to hit them, like the sleep regression mm-hmm. starts and all of that yeah. stuff. Then you kind of yeah. start, like, okay, now I'm there's, there's no way to generalize anything with a baby. We'll just put it at that. There's no way you can't compare it to a general trajectory because just like every birth is extremely different, even for the same person, it's different. Every time, every single baby is going to have different wins and losses and, you know, how they, of how they navigate their first time, first few months on earth is it's, it's a fun roller coaster. Um, (laughs) I just... I appreciated you sharing um, a lot of what you had done with uh, like how you approached your birth experiences overseas. And I don't even think I asked, did we, did you give birth in the same country for both? No. So my son was born in Austria and my daughter was born in France. Okay. Which is like so cool. I mean, I know it's hard to do that, but like your kids are going to have such a cool um, background and story with that, which is pretty amazing. Um, so she gave birth in two different countries. And I think it's encouraging to hear Devin's story in that regard, because she was able to, yes, hunt down recommendations, because that's a huge resource within the hockey community. I mean, we do that, like even in the States, when you move to a new state, nothing's the same. So I would imagine that's even more important overseas. Um, but also taking your opinion into consideration too because someone can recommend you a restaurant and you hate it (laughs) same thing with an OB like I I, I hate to compare I hate to compare a doctor to a sushi restaurant but like it's this it's true it's true like you can have a different opinion and don't be like concerned if you don't agree with somebody even if it's somebody that you respect because you're allowed to have that difference in opinion and this is something that's a sacred moment in your life and you want to feel as comfortable as you possibly can going into it. So I just really appreciated you sharing that Devin. Cause I, I mean, we were talking about, we decided not to go um, back to Switzerland this year, but we were planning our family and I was like, would I be willing to give birth there? And I was like, yes, but I would want to talk to X, Y, Z. I want to like, you know, know kind of what I was getting into before that. And I think first people that are planners, there are ways to plan. Um, like we said, to an extent, (laughs) um, to kind of help you feel the most comfortable. Um, but even if you're not a planner, like there are certain elements of your birth experience that I would just encourage you to research and at least do your due diligence on, um, and not go in completely blind because there's a lot of elements like we've shared in this episode. And even if you don't really like care to know all the details about everything, just make sure you're taking care of yourself, I guess, is the gist of it. Yeah. And I think like learning this sooner than later, because the further you get in your pregnancy, I've learned that the more anxious you get for the birth. So I think when you're feeling more grounded Mm -hmm. and like it's earlier on, maybe like halfway through, like that's when you can start hearing other Mm -hmm. people's birth stories. Cause I know for me, like right before I gave birth, when people were sharing their birth stories with me, I was just kind (laughs) of like, it would stress me out. I'm like, oh my God, is that going to happen to me? Like, what do you mean? I wanted to hear it, yeah. but I'm like, I think it would have been better to like hear it earlier on so I could digest it instead mm-hmm. of like feeling like, oh my God, like <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know that was a thing, you know? So yeah, another thing you have to think yeah. about, but 
Yeah. Yeah. And again, every, everybody's personality is going to impact how they prepare for birth. And I think, again, that's kind of why we're doing this whole project is there's a, there's a million different types of people and there's a million different approaches to setting yourself up for the best birth for you. So that's the whole point, the whole point of (laughs) delivered. And then my other question for you, kind of unrelated to any advice, but just like, what was the one thing that surprised you about your first birth? We'll go with that one since it's kind of all new, like pleasantly surprised you. Mm. That's a good question. I feel, I think what, you know, everybody tells you that when you have a baby, like you'll, you'll feel this love that you've never felt before. And you can imagine that like you're pregnant you're like, I love this baby so much, but I think this like maternal instinct that comes in after your baby is born, it's like this crazy feeling of like, how have I ever lived without you? It's just Mm -hmm. like a very powerful feeling. And I think, um, not, I don't know if that's the best answer for your question, but it, it surprised, like, it kind of surprises you, like how much you love this baby and how you like step into Mm -hmm. this role and I think it's just kind of natural and for some people it it takes a while to get there but you feel like I'm here to protect you and I think just stepping into that maternal role for me was like it I, I was lucky that it was felt really natural to me and um yeah, I don't know. That's, I feel like that's a bad, that was a yeah. good answer. No, that was a great answer. <laughs> that was a great answer. Cause I think that's true. I think that's another thing you don't really think about is like, well, I guess you do, you think about motherhood and like what that's going to feel like to you, but just how quick that switch gets turned on. And I know some people during their pregnancy, they already feel that like maternal, but some people don't until their baby's born or until a couple months after when they like get to know their baby. And it is something that's so cool and so delightfully surprising. It's just like, you got this, like trust your gut, trust your gut, listen to your, your lens of the situation. Cause obviously like we had said at the beginning, um, trusting your care providers is great and having those people in place is great. But even the same thing with pediatricians, like, yeah, go to them for advice, go to them with anything you're worried about, but trust, trust yourself too, because you do know <laughs> more than you think. And it's, it just comes to you and it's, yeah, it, uh, that's a really good answer. Yeah. I thought of something else too. That might be a better answer. You can pick whichever one you think is better. That surprised me is how much I love breastfeeding. Like I did mm-hmm. not think mm-hmm. I would be someone that loved that. I was kind of like, eh, if it works, it works. If I do bottles, that's great. Mm-hmm. I don't care, but I really have enjoyed that with my kids. And it's been a really like special bond for me. And I, I just, that really surprised me. Cause I've, I've never yeah. been someone that was like, I have to breastfeed. Like I have to do this, right. but it just kind of worked. And, um, I'm lucky that I've been able to do it as long as I can, but I, that definitely took me by surprise. I just did not think that I would, you know, yeah. experience that at all. Yeah. That's a good one too. Cause yeah, that's, you just don't know how that's going to gonna go for you or your baby. And yeah, to hear that it turned out good for you guys is so, so nice and so yeah. encouraging because it is special and it is a choice. Like, I mean, even if you intend to breastfeed and like, that's your goal, like you have a choice. If it gets to be something where you, it's taking a toll on your ability to live and, 100%. you know, 
yeah, it's a choice. You're always able to change that choice and your baby will be fine. But I, I love to hear that it worked out for you guys. And I actually saw your post today where you're like, I thought we were going to wean at 12 months. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you, know, you just never know. You I never know. know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Sucked um, back in for another few months, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, to highlight that and send Devin on her way for the rest of her day, she was so nice to come on the podcast today because she's preparing to go overseas again to another new destination and another new adventure so I just really appreciate you taking the time to share your stories with us and amidst preparing for a flight with two sweet babies (laughs) wish me luck yeah no thank you so much it was fun to come on and chat and yeah I'm super excited to hear this back and it's it's funny being on the other side of the mic because now I'm doing yeah. like what other people do. Did I talk too much? Did I say like, yeah. too much? And it's like, no, like that's, you know, that's what you're supposed to do when you're a guest on a podcast, yeah. but yeah, I exactly. appreciate you having me on. 